We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Vay. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? The big news is not that Kyrie Irving's coming back, that Kevin Durant has spoken to the media, that Ben Simmons is frustrated with his knee injury. It's that our boy Nick Faye is a father, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate that, Jack. I appreciate you taking care of business. Welcomed Nicholas Faye, Nico Faye, into the world this past week. So really happy about that. It's been awesome. Um, Honestly, the Nets lost by whatever they lost by last night, and I didn't care. So that's how you know life is really good right now. But we did get some uh, breaking news to talk about. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But, Jack, I guess we'll start with this Woj tweet that we got literally 50 seconds ago. Suspended All-Star guard Kyrie Irving is near a completion of the process needed for a return to play and could rejoin the Brooklyn Nets as soon as Sunday's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. It was my prediction, Nick, when I did one of the solo pods the other day that he would come back for that Memphis game. Luckily, I'll be able to record that one. You might be able to jump on too. We'll see how we go. But in saying that, in the Google Doc that I had prepared, it was not part of our rundown. It was part of our rundown to speak about Kyrie Irving. But the part of the rundown was the fact that of, of the Nets' frustration, the yep. players, apparently, of him not coming back. I spoke about that with Mark Eve Morris uh, via the comments of, of Jared Greenberg. There now seems to be a resolution that is on hand. Kevin Rand spoke today. Obviously, we'll be speaking about that on today's podcast. He obviously, he, he speaks pretty generally when it comes to yep. the Kyrie Irving stuff. And he's honest and forthright, but he's just like, he, he's a human being. You know, I'm not, I'm not the GM. I'm not the owner. I'm not the boss here. But in saying that, this is positive for everyone involved. You know, Kyrie Irving has paid his dues, quote unquote, for, for what he did, what he said, what he hasn't said, what he posted. Obviously, you know, Joe Side now deems that, you know, it's sufficient enough to his standards. You know, we would have liked to have him back against the Kings, against the Lakers and whatever, but hopefully we get a full report and a full confirmation soon. Yeah, I agreed. I think, um, like you said, you know, he served a suspension and now he's serving extra games, which, you know, say what you want. You know, obviously it's everyone's opinion, but at the same time, it's, you know, a five game suspension. Now we're going past that. And I think obviously we've heard of the list and the backlash on that. And I think, you know, Joe Sy thought, he was going to kind of get away with it. And people kind of looked into his background. I know you talked about this in some pods and Jalen Brown br brought up the comments. And I think, 
he saw, you know, the external pressure. And then he also received internal pressure with those Kevin Durant interviews that dropped today. So not very surprising. Like you said, you made the prediction on this. It kind of felt right too, given the Nets will be back home and the way they've been playing, they need him. Like, yeah, they had a couple wins. They put together some great games, but they just don't have enough talent out there. And you and I have been talking about it. It's like they have a lot of maybes, no guarantees in terms of consistent playing guys you can count on. A lot of guys coming back from injury and also just not enough playmaking. It's just an excessive amount of pressure on Kevin Durant to be really good. And the crazy thing is he's been really good and they're still losing games. So at some point in time, you have to look at yourself in the mirror as a Nets organization and say, wow, we didn't do enough and we need Kyrie. And this kind of reminds me almost of last year where the James Harden you know, rumors started to pick up where he maybe wants out. He wants to get traded. And then all of a sudden, oh, the Nets are going to allow Kyrie to play road games. Feels very similar to that to an extent. Do you think Kyrie Irving's return changes the trajectory of the Nets season, Nick? You know, there's been plenty of doom and gloom. And I brought a lot of that in the 25 <laughs> minutes on the last solo pod that I did. Check that out if you want to feel nice and optimistic. But do check it out, guys. Put a lot of work into it, as does Nick behind the scenes. But do you think it changes the trajectory of the Nets season? Can the Nets get back on track with Kyrie Irving's return? Yeah, I think so. I think realistically, if you look at it, yeah, there's question marks of Kyrie fitting in the offense and what he's going to do defensively. But at the end of the day, this is the same thing we've said about Ben Simmons over the course of the summer early in the season. For the Nets to hit their ceiling, they need Kyrie Irving and they need him to be playing at a super high level. He, When he's playing well and playing up to his capabilities, you know, top 20, top 15 player, and even some days, you know, top 10, he's that good of a player. And I also have a feeling that he's going to connect a little bit better with Jacques Vaughn. You know, I think Kevin Durant's connected better with Jacques Vaughn. And I could see the same thing with Kyrie Irving. And that's nothing against Steve Nash. Sometimes it's just different personalities. You know, you don't love every person you meet. And sometimes that's just how it goes. So I'm interested to see how he fits. And I think he's also seen the team play successfully. But also he's seen them play on successfully. You know, a night like last night where guys are missing a million open shots. You need somebody who can get you some buckets and what was it, break down a 29 to 4 run. Like Kyrie Irving on the floor with Kevin Durant. If that happens, then you're really scratching your head. But at this point, it's like, yeah, Joe Harris is not himself. Royce O'Neill is more of a fifth starter. You know, a lot of the, Ben Simmons is not himself. And a lot of guys just aren't up to the capabilities. Like Edmund Sumner, you know, we'll talk about the Kevin Durant comments. He's not a starting point guard in the NBA. You know, he's a guy coming off a torn Achilles. But even when he was 100% healthy, I don't think anyone projected him to be a starter in this league. No, it's the Kevin Durant quote, and we'll probably chat about it when he's sort of talking about the starters. He's like, do you expect me to do everything? Like, I'm number seven here. And it's someone that got taken out of context who didn't read the full Chris Haynes piece or the Mark Spears piece. Both great, both great reporting done by two quality NBA journalists. Yeah. Um, and the Nets need more of that uh, in Nets world in, in, in saying that. But I think Kyrie Irving's, a lot, the, the discourse on about Kyrie Irving uh, in terms of his on-court fits capabilities, production, all that sort of thing. It's just like the Nets are better without him. It's just like, all right, let's just like take a step back here. And plenty of people, both people smarter than me, have put out the numbers and the statistics. And you can do the research yourself. Kyrie, everyone would probably tell you to do your own research. That's a joke for another day. The numbers show that Kyrie Irving impacts the team in a positive fashion. Yes, if you're going on a play-to-play basis and the behind the scenes and the chaos that he does bring, but in terms of him as an NBA basketballer, in terms of the Nets turning into the best version of themselves, and Kevin Durant, you know, has said that you know he wants the Nets to be the best version of themselves. You know, there's something there. There is talent. There's unlocked potential within this team. And to help unlock that, you need your second best player. Yes, he can gamble too much. I know you've spoken a lot about his defense, but there's times where it's just like, my 
my guy looks like he's all defensive caliber. Yeah. His hands there, his I, transition defense. His on-ball defense has been good. Yeah, and that's that, that's something that the Nets need because you know last night the, was a joke. <laughs> the last night was. I've made all my thoughts already about that <laughs> over, over 25 minutes for for gosh sake. But Kyrie Irving coming back is only going to be a good thing for the Nets in terms of their on-court product. Can things remain, you know, all kumbaya behind the scenes? Look, they're not kumbaya with, because of Ben Simmons and, and all the other things, you know, here and there. I think just adding a guy that is, you know, yes, another guard to the scenario, which the Nets have 40 billion of, but a guy with Kyrie Irving's talent, let's just move forward with this and go, all right, Kai, we need your buy-in now. You need to buy in as well, because if you want to be a future get a future semblance of a max contract you need to buy and you need to play quality level of basketball and he was for for certain stretches before he was suspended due to the absolute idiocy and dumbfoundedness of of his actions and and his words or lack of words so Kyrie coming back hopefully can only bring good things to the nets because we need a lot of goodness right now nick yeah and i think looking at it this way is Kyrie is obviously the second best player in the nets you know one of the most talented players in the league and what he can do. I think you could look at it. What happened when Jacques Vaughn took over is the style of basketball was better. And you can look at that with Kyrie Irving not being on the floor. You could look at that as Jacques Vaughn making changes. But it's also to say Kyrie Irving can play that style of basketball. We've seen him do it in the past. It's just him buying in and allowing KD to be that head star and playing off of him. And if you could imagine, you know, you're running a, a pick and pop with Kyrie at the top and you're recovering on Kyrie Irving, letting him create an advantage, a guy that can already, you know, make some of the toughest shots in the NBA. You feel really good about that. I think, you know, I think defensively, like you mentioned, Jack, I would love to just see him play his role and understand what he's good at and lean into that a little bit more. And like I said, I think Jacques Vaughn can help him do that. And also in the Kevin Durant article, uh, in the interview with Chris Haynes, he mentioned how both sides and the Kyrie Irving and the Nets organization in front office were able to kind of understand each other a little bit better over this, you know, latest suspension and incident. Yeah, and obviously the 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 shared goal of winning a championship is still there now. The Nets will have plenty of naysayers in that department, and with good due because they've yeah. proven barely anything over the the last two or three seasons under Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant with their on court, as well as Joe Sy and and Sean Marks. The Nets they haven't aren't... proven anything without James Harden, to be honest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a, a lot on you know, the the individuals involved that are leading this team to some semblance of success to take accountability and go, cool, I've, I've done my thing here. This is what I've done wrong. This is what I've done right. Let's go. Let's get this thing. Because Kevin Moran seems to be loving life, Nick, yeah. uh, at least what he's telling Literally. <laughs> and and I, I love it when we get to hear Kevin Moran speak. And he always speaks to quality, like whether it's Logan Murdoch, Mark Spears, Chris Haynes. And both the articles that we both got a chance to read were great in the fact of his forthrightness and honesty. And the nature of the NBA Twitter sphere and the aggregating sphere is just going, all right, here's the one little thing that can make Kevin Durant look like a piece of shit, and we're going to do it. If you read the entire piece, you will see Kevin Durant is loving life in Brooklyn, and he doesn't look like he wants to really make a trade request. He alluded to the reasons why he made a trade request, and they are very, very valid. Yeah, and I think also it goes to things that are, you know, on scene. You know, he talked a lot about the process behind the scenes not being good enough, and We've mentioned this all the way back to Kenny Atkinson still being the coach. Kevin Durant wanted championship habits, and that has not been the case. And that's what the team needs to have. You know, you're starting to see maybe some semblance of that occasionally. He even mentioned telling Steve Nash, you know, we need to do more closeout drills. We need to do more of this, more of that. And I think that upset him because he knew that the guys weren't playing to their abilities, but also they weren't being coached to their abilities. And it went from the top. You know, it's not just Steve Nash. It's also, you know, being stricter in the process and holding people accountable, you know, one through 15, whoever it is. And there's definitely a lot of, you know, news reports from last season showcasing some guys weren't held accountable, a la James Harden and what he was doing on road trips and all of those different types of things. So I, I think I give Kevin Durant a lot of credit for putting everything out there. And I think you have a greater understanding of his trade requests and where he's at right, you know, previous trade requests and where he's at right now and what he's focusing on for this season and just going out there and playing basketball. I really loved um, the portion of the article that described his legacy being tied, you know, to Cam Thomas in year 10. And that goes to show you like the love he has for Cam, but also the love he has for helping guys hit a new level. And Cam's a guy he's definitely helped improve. I would say he's definitely helped Utah Watanabe take that next step this year too. So that's a really cool thing to see Kevin Durant it's a leadership and something that's talked about in a negative light, which has really been a positive light in Brooklyn and not given enough credit for what he's done with a team that's had, that's essentially been a disaster other than him in a lot of areas. And that's been over the course of the last two years, not just this season. Yeah, both of us have spoken about 
you know, Kevin Durant's leadership being something that we're drawn to, uh, a, a leadership by actions, a yep. leadership with attitude, and a leadership by, you know, he doesn't have to be LeBron James talking about, you know, 40 million books and making 40 billion lies behind the scenes <laughs> to, to press reports to make him sound better. Kevin Durant just does his thing. And when he wants to speak, he'll speak. And when he speaks, it matters. You listen to what he says, and his words matter more. He's not going to keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. He's going to – he's just a bit more thoughtful. And when it comes to basketball, there are a few guys who have a passion and love for the game that Kevin Durant has ever had. I think Kevin Durant is the purest, purest, most passionate hooper basketball that we've ever seen. You know, in the articles, not just with Chris Haynes, but Mark Spears, where he's saying, like, I just love basketball, man. I don't really care about anything else. I don't want to go out during the season. And if I go out and hang with my teammates, I might play some video games. I might watch a movie or two. But it's all about hoops. Hoops has brought me everything, and I get paid a good amount of money for it. And I think what you alluded to is Steve Nash. I think his exact word is I make a shit ton of money (laughs) playing basketball. Exactly. I mean, we've said shit a million times in this podcast. (laughs) We can probably say it a million more. But in, in, in saying that, Going back to your comments on Steve Nash, because that's the one that led the article with Chris Haynes, it shows that Kevin Durant wants to be coached. Every journey that he's had, and look, I've been called a Kevin Durant stand for some of the remarks that I've made in in remarks to that, and and cool, whatever. I, I'm I'm doing a Brooklyn Nets podcast, and I've done it before the Kevin Durant became the a Brooklyn Nets player in Nets franchise history. So, so like, there's a reason why there's a semblance of coach standing because I yeah. just. We're lucky, and I'm, I'm appreciative of having him there. And the fact that the organization overall hasn't been able to work themselves around him. You compare it to plenty of other organizations where, whether it was the Cleveland Cavaliers back in LeBron James days, even the way that the, the Memphis Grizzlies are being built around Ja Morant. You have your superstar, your generational superstar. You build around that. You don't go, all right, let's find a little piece here. Let's find a little piece there. Let's try and add this sort of guy. And if you don't do it, then the accountability has to be held towards the coach coaches, towards the front office, towards the ownership. And I don't think enough accountability has been there. Kevin Durant has taken a semblance of accountability in, in some of these things, and he's taking more as time goes on, and he's making himself look better in the process. Yep. But Steve Nash, this shows you that everyone out there that's just like, Steve Nash was Kevin Durant's hire. No, he wasn't, guys. He was Joe Sy and Sean Marks' hire. Kevin Durant got the tick of appro- gave the tick of approval, but it was those two that led to the hiring of Steve Nash, and that Steve Nash hiring was a blip and was a, a an X on the, the list of moves that those two guys have made since Kevin Durant has been to Brooklyn then. Jacques Vaughn is already getting the tick of approval yeah. from Kevin Durant. I'm not giving it fully yet because I'm, I'm, I remain somewhat skeptical about it. But if KD's cool with it, then I'll remain somewhat cool with it too. Yeah, and I think in the Jacques Vaughn's case too, I think it's also a fair argument to say, is this team good enough? You know, does it have the right parts? And I think you mentioned being accountable and you look back, you know, entering last year's postseason and this season and the Nets had holes and those holes are hurting them right now. And, you know, I sent you a a DM before we jumped on. I said, like, you know, the Nets just went into the season with too many maybes. You know, you go from the top to the bottom, you know. Obviously, Kyrie in that whole situation, you know, there's a good chance he was going to miss games this season, be it injury or something off the court. That's just kind of been his history. And, you know, that's not taking a shot at him. That's just the truth. So not having a backup point guard or somebody who can fill in that role, that's an L. You bring in Joe Harris coming off two ankle surgeries, not just one, two ankle surgeries, really unsure what type of player he's going to be. Yeah, he's looked good in some areas, but his shooting just hasn't been there. And they need him to be elite in that area. You look at, you know, Ben Simmons and, you know, everything that's going on with him and him not being able 
not even being really half the player he was in Philadelphia and him being counted on to be your third star. Joe Harris was pretty much counted on to be your fourth best player and him not being good. It's just like, if these guys aren't good and you have all these maybes, and then you even look, you know, further down the line, Daron Sharp, you counted on him to be your backup center. He's a second year player that barely logged any minutes last season. Like it's you, you look back and obviously a lot of this is the hindsight. You did the hardest thing. You got Kevin Durant on your team, arguably the best player in the NBA, a top three player in the league. And you couldn't do all the smaller things around it from the head coach to the supporting cast. And a lot of it is because the Nets took unnecessary risk rather than kind of just trusting Kevin Durant is great. And there's always been a swing to, you know, hopefully be great rather than just going all in and getting the pieces you need. You know, you and I talked a lot about last season about Jeremy Grant. He's thriving in Portland. You know, the Nets make that trade. You might feel a lot better about this team. And obviously he's not a center, but he provides you more size and strength and another score. And that would fit next to this team better than the current Ben Simmons that we're seeing right now. So there's moves that have been out there that the Nets haven't pulled the trigger on. And that's coming back to bite them. And at the end of the day, the Nets don't win a championship, which it doesn't look like they're going to do this season. As of right now, today, November 16th, you have to question management and the decisions they've made and the lack of moves they've pursued. One thing uh, very well said. One thing I want to get to before we get to Ben Simmons, Nick, is the quote that has made the rounds. And this is from Kevin Durant. Read the articles, guys. We really encourage you to do that. Bleacher Report, as well as Anscape for for Kevin Durant articles. He said this. Look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Claxton and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. One, do you think the context, the quote was taken out of context? I think you know your answer from there. And two, is Kevin Rand justified in making these comments? Yeah, I think it's a little bit out of context, but at the same time, I don't think it's like a shot because I think as this is something I believed in, and I think you agree with this, as NBA players, you have to have an identity in terms of like how you fit in the league. Like none of those guys are all-star players. None of those guys are fringe all-star players. You know, Joe Harris at his best is probably the best player in that group. You know, Claxton's obviously rised up, but he has his deficiencies. And Edmund Sumner is a guy going into the season that was a fringe rotation guy. Royce O'Neal's a guy we talked about that's a fifth starter. Like, what you're expecting Kevin Durant to be your best scorer, your best playmaker, and probably your best perimeter defender because Royce O'Neal's kind of soured on me with some of the defense he's played over the course of the last couple of games. It's just like, yeah, I'm not mad at that quote. Some people I see are giving Kevin Durant issues with that. Like, be realistic. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, that's that's a shot at the Nets, and the Nets not providing him a supporting cast. Like, I don't know. Just think of the Clippers. The Clippers are, let's say they're missing three guys. They're putting out like two or three more better lineups than that. Like they just have, you just, they haven't done enough. And that's an issue. And I think you brought this point up a lot early in the season is the Nets have been, you know, on this line. Do we, are we going to go into a rebuild or are we going to buy in and try to win a championship with this team? You don't win championships when you're on the line. You win championships when you go all in and they failed to do that. And hopefully this is a push from them to, Decide, hey, let's go all in. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters in professional sports is championships. I do not care about long-term 50-win seasons. It's it's not important. If the Nets win, have four seasons of 50 wins and no championships, I don't care. If they win a chip this season and then go into a rebuild that sucks, I'll live with it. Because I know that they can get out of it the same way they did in the past. Definitely. 
in in saying that, Nick, we'll get quickly to the, some of the Ben Simmons stuff. We could do a whole episode on this, yeah. but we'll get to it in a little bit, discussing some major quotes from it. And it was both uh, the Athletic as well as Ben Simmons himself who responded to the reports. According to multiple sources with direct knowledge of the situation, the frustration surrounding Simmons had been building in recent weeks within the organization. The coaching staff and players have been concerned about his availability and level of play, with some questioning his passion for the game, those sources said. Markeith Morris disputed those claims uh, in a quote tweet, which was good to see. We, we also you know, heard from Ben Simmons himself, and he sort of said this, you're obviously not going to be happy when anybody's out, but for me, I've been dealing with the knee since the start of the season. It's been swollen. I had plate, platelet-rich plasma injections. I had blade, blood drained a couple times. So it's not a made-up thing, you know. That's I get nasty the, stuff, to be honest. It is. It is. I get the skepticism, but I think the one thing with me, I'm a competitor. I want to win and play, so I know what I'm going to do when I go out there. I think that I can... I think Nets fans and in general, I feel both ways about this, Nick. I feel frustrated with Ben Simmons, but I also feel empathy towards him because he can say what he wants, but no one's going to believe him. Sort of like the boy who cried wolf. And he played a pretty good game yesterday. What are your thoughts in general? Yeah, I think with Ben, it's, it's kind of you're on both sides because I think the thing that's frustrating with Ben is there's a lack of honesty. There's at times it's just like he comes out and says like, you know, you know, the quotes from actually yesterday where he's like, you know, all the bullshit outside the game, like, I know what I can do, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, dude, you're playing terrible. You're not playing well. You have to be accountable and say, like, yeah, it's the injuries, but don't say that you're playing great basketball. Like, and I also think maybe there's a disconnect between, you know, the team and the coaching staff, because I, I think you've brought this up in the past is like, why is Steve Nash playing him 30 plus minutes of the guys dealing with left knee soreness and he's getting his knee drained? Like, he, how Ben Simmons is what, 25 years old? Like, that's not very common, especially because he's coming off a back injury. So he's just in a really bad spot health wise. And I think the Nets expectation going to the season for him was way too high. And I think they didn't do enough to, again, support the team and, you know, fill in that void. Like he clearly, if you know, he has the back injury and he's dealing with left knee soreness. Like, how did you expect him to come in and be the player that he was if he's not athletic? And to be honest, the only thing that really like one of the key traits for him being great is his athleticism and his flexibility and right now, it's at best, you know, 75%. Yeah, the Nets organization's making a lot of mistakes, Nick. Any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Got the music in the background. That's going to wrap us up, too. Just another shout-out to you, carrying the load while I'm out. Hopefully, I'm back in the groove soon. And hopefully, the Nets get back on track. I don't think the season's over. I think there is a way to save it, and some moves can be made. And, you know, Kyrie Irving buying in and coming back would be really big. And I'm really interested to see how everything really plays out. But as always, big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out the buzz on all streaming platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.